okay, you're going to write better than Oli? Well, he might not know the keywords, and he certainly won't have our connections to get this placed in the right places. And it really disappointed me. <laughs> we chose a path of, of writing real serious content. Hello, and welcome to the Fractional Executive Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Kauth. The Fractional Executive Podcast is for established founders and family enterprise owners whose businesses are in the $500,000 to $10 million annual revenue range and are currently stuck on a plateau of no growth. Now, in order to help you grow your business and get it off that terrible and frustrating no growth plateau, we need to get more great guests on the podcast, and I have one for you today. But to do that, Please help us grow the show by sharing the podcast, like, follow, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And what this does is this helps us grow the podcast, get more great guests on here like Max coming up, and that will then help you grow your business. And we also want this to be interactive. So please leave comments, feedback, and reach out to us. Contact the show. So our guest today is Max Dunn. Max is the co-founder and president of Silicon Publishing, an electronic publishing services company. Prior, he served as a director of software development, working with large clients like HP, Aetna, and Microsoft. So please welcome Max to the podcast. Max, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. So Max, you co-founded a you know copy that constantly has to keep up with technology changes, client trends, and industry disruptions. So for many founders and family business owners, this just that alone can be really daunting. So what's your secret, Ben, over the last couple of decades of doing this? Well, I have the great fortune to have grown up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, this is where Silicon Valley is, where UC Berkeley and Stanford are. And so I've had a real advantage just being in this area because I get to see technology. I go to Google frequently. I've been to Apple, Google, Adobe. Um, it's just a beautiful area for technology. So, so hanging out here, I've gotten to meet the movers and shakers face to face. And, and um, that's something I kind of learned by osmosis, going to meetups and conventions and such. And I love the bleeding edge. I've always, since I was a little kid, loved the bleeding edge. So seeing things here like the personal computer and social media and um, virtual reality being invented right in front of me uh, and getting to meet people like Tony Parisi, who invented virtual reality, um, there's nothing quite like that. Uh, so being here and being focused on how things are changing and always interested and excited about change helps me keep up, which is absolutely necessary, as you say. Um, and also our clients, we're blessed with a really cool client list. I think we have about a hundred uh, household name clients. We work with Apple, Adobe, Amazon, Google, Hallmark, Disney, Nike, many great clients, and they stay ahead of technology themselves. And we find out, well, what are you working on? You know, there was a photo book editor that told me they settled on MongoDB. What the heck is Mongo? Mongo is a great force of nature technology. Now we found out about it that, you know, <laughs> the first few months of its existence. So it's really great to be here and to stay on the edge and, and to work with such wonderful clients and partners. Um, 
but on another angle, um, we know we're going to get disrupted, right? No matter how much we stay in touch, something's going to come out of the blue and hit all of us, you know, like when the iPhone came out, when the iPad came out, when uh, Steve Jobs said that Flash wasn't going to go on the phone. Um, we're going to get disrupted. So, so we have to keep that attitude and that agility to turn on a dime. We're a small company still. And so we have great agility. We can, we can change. We can hire new people that know this new thing. And so that's part of it. And um, it's not just um, staying agile. It's also just staying very persistent and never giving up, never conceiving of anything but success and, and trying to you know, find ways to get around things that, are, that look totally disruptive. You know, we're, right now, AI is in all of our faces. I, I embrace it. I think it's a great thing. You know, um, yes, it's a challenge. Yes, we've got to keep up with it and find ways to work with it. Max, I love that answer. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, the perseverance and the grit, right? And then the next part, though, I think sometimes some established founders and family enterprise owners don't take that step of going to those businesses or those conferences that might not be direct or directly related to their industry, mm -hmm. but might be things where they learn about, you know, the newest technologies uh, and things like that. And then the next part is just knowing other founders and talking to them and, and what they're, what they're doing. I mean, I think all three of those are fantastic answers by themselves to that question. And you, you know, kind of came at us with, with all three of them. So it's fantastic. You know, at, you know, throughout your career, what were some of the best lessons that you learned from software development, you know, and as a leader in that to being the strategic and visionary CEO you are now as the president of Silicon Publishing? It's been one long series of lesson after lesson after lesson. We're founded by two programmers and we were two programmers working in a, in a company together. Um, Alyssa was our best programmer and I was kind of the director and um, we were insulated. We were comfortably insulated from, from the customer service and the project management, the product management, all those things. We kind of thought the world revolved around us and, and just building things was great. But we've learned a ton about customer service <clears throat> and about um, the value of our work. You know, we would measure our effort, which is great. We, we put in 37 hours. You know, we worked hard, put in this energy. We thought we should get compensated proportional to what we did initially, because we're naive. We're thinking, oh, well, we've got 80 hours. There you go. Pay us for 80 hours. But but the, the fact is that, that what really matters with clients is the value they perceive for your work and the ROI they get on your work. And so we've learned time and time again, it doesn't matter what level of effort we put in. We need happy clients. You know, it has to be a win-win situation to, to succeed. And we initially would take any job that came our way. The algorithm algorithm was pick up the phone. What do they want? How much do they want to pay? And deal. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we took every, in the beginning, we got one call a month, you know, now we get a call every day. But back then we took everything that came our way pretty much. We learned from that. No, you, you really shouldn't take everything that comes your way. You should carefully set expectations with the client. I mean, this, this might be basic business 101, but we learned it <laughs> over 20, 20 years. Um, so we, um, we uh, want to know at the outset of an engagement, is it going to be good for both of us? We, we, we do our best. Sometimes we talk clients out of things because they imagine we can work miracles. We say, no, it's not a miracle. It's something that's 
leading edge, it might fail. We've had contracts that say that, that say, and if it fails, you'll write an explanation of why it fails. Because we, we do work on that kind of bleeding edge software sometimes. Um, so it's got to be win-win. We, we, we think um, proactively into the future and we are not scared to turn people down. And another aspect of it is scalability. I mean, scaling scaling was a huge challenge. We started with two people and now we're about 30 people. And um, that with the software development kind of has three levels. When you're first developing, you can work with one person and one person can deliver a nice project for, for a print industry kind of job that we were doing. Typically one person would code the whole thing. Two of us, we started sharing code and sharing code is, is a challenge because you've got to get your head around the other person's code. And it helps do things like comment, organize the code, make some structure to it. When we got to having 20 people on one project, that, that was an incredible lesson about, you know, how on earth do you really share code such that people can work concurrently in the same code base effectively. And we were blessed at that time, uh, we hired the InDesign team, the people that had built Adobe InDesign joined us in 2009 and they knew how to do that. And they taught us how to do that. And I don't know if we would have learned it uh, without, <laughs> without their incredible help. But the two things you do for scaling a large team of developers, first you architect the code. You have to have some architecture and organization to the code that facilitates parallel work. That's critical. If, if you don't, if it's sloppy code and all, you're all trying to dive into one lump of spaghetti code, no, no chance. That was one thing we, we, we got architects, we got more aware of architecture. We focused on a good architecture. We fought incessantly about what the best architecture was and we came up with good architectures. The second thing is testing. Software testing never, never bothered me in the beginning. I was like, you know, they'll tell us if it doesn't work. And, and the, the product manager from InDesign joined us and said, oh my God, your, your clients are your testers. And I said, yeah, that's, that works. They, they give colorful feedback. And he was like, um, oh no, at Adobe, we have two testers for every developer. As Christ, I have to hire another <laughs> 20 people. Um, but man, the first couple of testers we hired, um, they multiplied our efficiency and our speed. It, 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 testing is worth it. And specifically, there's many types of testing, but test-driven development, I, I strongly believe in that right now. You know, 15 years ago, I didn't really know what it was. Um, and also in general, how we've, what we've learned, we've learned the other three dimensions of business. Our, our, our focus was always technology. We were technology centric. We're still probably technology centric, but we kind of ignored sales, marketing, and business. Those things, they're not that important, you know? <laughs> well, they are actually. And, and the last 23 years has been a lesson to respect all those salespeople, those marketing people, and those business people, contracts people, especially that know what they're doing and that live in that domain. You know, we're technologists, we can live in our domain, but to make it a healthy company, we have to handle the other, the other angles. Max, uh, you know, a lot of your answer has to do with why the podcast was started in the first place. And so just as a reminder to our viewers and listeners, uh, please like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star review and share the podcast and interact with us drop comments below if something max said okay uh, thought popped in your head because of that put a comment down there leave us some feedback contact the show and again the whole goal is 
we grow the show so you can grow your business and we can get great guests on here like Max. So Max, let's keep going a little bit. How do you make those decisions when you need to proactively scale operations? So, you know, I know you started learning, you know, prior to being a founder in this way, but give me, give me the max answer for that question. Decision-making. Yeah. Before I was a founder, I was uh, working under a bunch of people and specifically towards the end of that, uh, our time with that company, uh, we, our little division had been wildly successful and we were being spun off into a dot-com scheme. Um, <laughs> and we saw them make, make mistakes on decisions. We saw these new people that were making a new company and we witnessed this the last year we were there one person was making all the decisions. And so when we started this company, we were already just the two of us intent on sharing our vision, sharing our ideas, and we didn't boil it down to one person. And we comfortably got to about five people uh, with that, where we, we also were very, very careful with hiring. Hiring is absolutely the essence of growing a business. We were really careful with that. And we've done really well at that. Um, we went through a, a change in our business model as we grew, uh, we were a services company when we started. We were we were renting out our time by the hour to code things. We found ourselves copying and pasting huge chunks of code, and you can't really build that by the hour, right? So, so the value is insane. If you copy something you built for five years, you paste it, and it's well, it's fifteen minutes of time, and <laughs> get a check for thirty-seven fifty, and we'll move on. Uh, that didn't work. So we we really became a product company, and that transformation involves new roles, um, new types of decision. And that just sort of forces you to involve more people, more people. And, and we, we started in engaging more leaders and more decision makers. And as we grew, we, we really shared those decisions. And that was, that's key. You, you cannot, to grow, you have to delegate effectively, which is hard because you, you don't wanna just give away the farm and let someone destroy your company with bad decisions. But you just plain can't make every decision. And we, we've been blessed the last uh, three years. 2019, our competitor died and left us two great salespeople and an incredible product manager, product, um, uh, you know, product visionary. Uh, and they're, they're quite frankly, much better than I was at those things. And I was so relieved to get them. And now we've hired some people in, in the marketing that, that know what they're doing, unlike me. And the, you know, the more I delegate, the easier my life is and the more successful we are, but it took a long time and it takes a long time to find the right people and to establish trust and to understand each other and to share a vision. Max, what are some of those current marketing challenges in your industry and how have you and the team at Silicon Publishing met those head on? Well, marketing is still kind of new to us. We, we were very lucky to partner with Adobe. Adobe called us the very first day we started and um, hired us to do some work and we've never stopped. We do some work for Adobe almost every year. And um, we learned a lot from them and we partnered with them in various ways as a reseller and as a solution provider. And they refer us really well. We get listed number one on their site for certain things and they hundreds of their people know who we are and send, that's why we have the household name clients. It's from, not from our marketing efforts, it's from Adobe's presence and their, their nice referrals. And that's great, but it also made us really anemic with marketing. It, it gave us an excuse to fail on that ourselves. And it got kind of embarrassing. Um, so what do we do about marketing? So far, we're kind of on the content marketing uh, side. 
And it, it, we, we are deep with our writing and our work that once I went to a company and I asked them, uh, how can we get to the top of Google? How can we be in the first page of search results? And they were saying they could do this. And I said, well, how much, what do you do? And they said, well, you pay us about 7,000 a month. And I thought, okay, maybe, um, but what are, what are you going to do when I pay the 7,000, right? And they said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to write blog posts and we're going to place articles and we're going to position you as experts in your field. And I thought about that and it really puzzled me because we had just hired Olaf Martin Fern, who is the real, the world expert at what we do, the, the expert, the authority on InDesign automation, because he designed InDesign automation when he was at Adobe. So we had the expert. He also wrote the authoritative book on InDesign, real world InDesign. Um, and so I was like, okay, you're going to write better than Oli? And they said, well, he might not know the keywords and he certainly won't have our connections to get this place in the right places. And it really disappointed me. So we kind of didn't go there yet. We, we still might, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> that pays off. But we chose a path of, of writing real serious content in our, in our blog mainly um, and speaking at conferences about real information and rather than, you know, the buzzwords, the, the SEO words. So that's kind of the deep, deep side of marketing. Um, what we're still learning and trying to learn and, and getting into more is the surface, trying to explain technical stuff to non-technical stuff, trying to get, you know, a complex 20-page document into like a, a single two-minute video or a one-minute video or a 30-second or an emoji. I mean, the, the, the information has to sort of dumb down. I don't know if it's dumbing down, but it's it's getting more efficient and more effective at being digestible to people that aren't scientists. You know? <laughs> and so that's that's our current challenge. And we're just learning about that. And it's, it's a nonstop challenge. There's also a challenge, of course, just to distribute content these days. You're supposed to have, you know, a tweet an hour or something and a Facebook post every day. And that that level of content, we're like the cobbler that doesn't have shoes because we work day in and day out helping large organizations do that. We can spit out 57 sizes of an image in a nanosecond. And that's what you kind of need to do, but we don't do that for ourselves yet. But that's where we're headed: is to is to apply the tools we're building to to our own uh, cause. You know, Max. Earlier, you talked about hiring being one of the keys to to scaling. And so, you know, my last kind of theme for us to talk about is how have you found the keys to develop and maintain the culture at Silicon Publishing? I think that's one of the things we we kind of already had or started with because we uh, learned a lot from our previous company and we'd experienced a workflow. It's funny in the print industry, uh, development, software development was always a component since the seventies, but it was really obscure. And we were like our own little kingdom that was doing this pre-press automation stuff. And we were largely left alone. We didn't have a big hierarchy. We were a flat organization. We were equals. We, we kind of, it was just a team of people. We didn't think of roles much. And we worked um, really well. So when Alyssa and I started this company, we wanted to keep that kind of culture. We really, we weren't trying to do anything but keep our old jobs. Um, so we're, we're, um, we're flat, flat in terms of the hierarchy. Like I said, we're developer-centric. We want to make developers' lives easy. We're a remote workforce, which we've always been remote. Um, 
we've had offices, we've had virtual offices. Now we have a virtual office, but we're largely, you know, people around the world working out of their homes. Again, that's very appealing to many developers. Um, and we're client focused. You know, we, we um, really, really have learned that the clients are everything. And we have some, some clients that have been with us over 20 years. Um, we also have um, an incredible retention record. Four of us have been together 24 years. 10 of us have been together 10 years or more. And people don't, don't tend to leave. Um, so it, it's working in terms of the culture, I think. Max, this has been really great. I'm really glad you were able to come on the podcast today. I want to give you some time to let our viewers and listeners know how they can get a hold of you and then talk about some of the projects that you're working on. Um, sure. Um, so siliconpublishing.com is probably the main way. We have contact forms there. You can email me, Max Dunn, at siliconpublishing.com or sales at siliconpublishing.com. Um, and my Twitter handle is Max L. Dunn. Uh, same with LinkedIn. No, LinkedIn is... I, I don't know exactly my LinkedIn, but there's, you know, there, I am on LinkedIn, uh, search, search for Max Dunn. Um, and then the, some of the projects, um, we fundamentally do online editing and database publishing. Those are the two main things we do. So we, we have that continually going on, but some of the fun sort of edges of that are the work we're doing with 3D imaging. So we, we've been editing 2D documents. Now we're editing 3D objects, which is exciting and visualizing personalized 3D things. And that's that's kind of one of the fun bleeding edges of it. The other thing we've, we've been doing for years is scaling document generation and image generation faster and faster and faster. When we started, we were primarily using this tool called InDesign Server. And InDesign Server is the most beautiful, powerful composition tool in the world. But when we met it, it was beastly slow, <laughs> just ridiculous. We'd watch the, the thing scroll down the screen and we're like, go, you know, and we put <laughs> out a book in, 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 in hours Oops. with this thing. And so we begged Adobe for a server for five long years. They gave it to us in 2005 and we've been scaling it exponentially over these last uh, 15, 18 years. Um, so um, we keep making that thing go faster and produce better output and we augment it with other technologies. And so we're really hitting the, the, the limits of speed. The, um, we can do you know, things we can never do, 600 documents in a second. We're setting new, new benchmarks for, um, for image generation and response time of document generation. And so it's, it's really fun to work. We have um, some new experts that are just out there that have really streamlined the, the speed and um, scalability of our, of our throughput. So that's, that's a really fun challenge. Maxwell sounds like great projects. You got one that you've been working on for the last almost 20 years, and now you've got kind of a brand new one as well with that, with that 3d. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. And we are of course using AI more creatively and, and um, always looking at the edge of that and virtual reality and that sort of thing. So again, being here helps <laughs> in this part of the world. Uh, but we, we're also just blessed with some really great, you know, people are paying us to master brand new technologies, which is awesome. Max, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Max, just let you, uh, let you all know how to get a hold of him. And again, to get more great guests on here like Max, I would really appreciate it if you would share the podcast, follow, subscribe, like, leave us a five-star review. 
And again, that will allow you to grow your business as we grow the show and have great guests on here like Max. Max, thank you again. Thank you. This is the Fractional Executive Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Kauf. You can get a hold of me at ryankauf.coach. The Fractional Executive Podcast is produced by Influencer.tv, the great team of Mark Livingston, Adam Marino, Chris Drees, and Brian Allen. Mm-hmm.